Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in marketing and how to use their podcast to generate leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm chatting with Henry Daniel. Henry is a strategic business coach helping female entrepreneurs with service-based businesses to get more clients and grow. So I'm super excited to chat with Henry today um, all about the ins and outs of her podcast. I actually was on her podcast a few months ago. We were chatting about starting a podcast and growing a podcast and you know how to be really strategic with your podcast. So if you guys want to go check that out, I will make sure to link that in the show notes, but this was such a fun little podcast swap. So I'm really excited to have Henriette here today. So let's just dive right into the episode. Hi, Henriette. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited that you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive in, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast and just how you got started doing it all. Oh, hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. And yes, definitely talking about podcasting, which is, I know, a favorite of yours and a favorite of mine. Um, so to answer your question, gosh, when I started my podcast, I started it about a little bit more than a year ago. And um, I basically just decided doing podcasts just to reach my audience. And I saw Amy Porterfield doing her podcast, loved her podcast, still do. And she was basically the main inspiration for me to start my own podcast. So yes, got started with it. It's been over a year now and love every minute of it. Love that. Yeah. It's always fun to kind of listen to a show and then realize like, Ooh, this is actually something I would like to do too. And then going from there. Um, so I love that. Um, and thanks for sharing your story with us. So let's just kind of dive in. So I, you answered already how long you've been podcasting for and kind of why you started, but let's kind of talk a little bit about your format. So do you do a solo or interview or a mix of the two? And then how often are you putting out new episodes? Yes. So basically, um, I'm a strategic business coach and I wanted to share everything with my audience as to how I can help them starting their own businesses, getting clients and customers. So with the podcast, I really just started doing it solo when I just got into podcasting. Um, so I started very slowly doing, you know, little, uh, takes on information that I can share. But then afterwards, I started realizing that I'm kind of, you know, just sharing my opinion in a way. And I wanted to make sure that my audience get a broader scope and not just hear from me, but from other female entrepreneurs as well. So I decided to introduce the interview stage where I started interviewing other successful female entrepreneurs, brought them on board and had, their, had them share their success stories, but also share any other tips and advice um, from them building their businesses, which the audience can resonate with. Um, and when I started out, basically I realized that a good day for my audience to listen to podcasts would be a Thursday. And that's from doing a little bit of research, talking to them. So it is basically kind of kept on going from there where every Thursday I've got a podcast episode going out to my audience. 
That's funny. My, my day is also Thursday. Um, oh, and it's a good fucked. day because I feel like yeah. a lot of people do Mondays and a lot of people do Tuesdays and then the kind of Wednesday, Thursday are also good. Um, and people don't do them as often. I feel like Friday, Saturday, Sunday is kind of like must avoid those days yeah. just so that because people aren't really listening. But yeah, I think Thursday is a great day and it's a day that like not a lot of huge podcasters, at least that I listen to release their show. So it's like a good day to kind of be at top of mind for people. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But also for those who are thinking about starting a podcast, um, you know, I think the best way to do that is just by going and verifying with your audience when is a good day for them to listen, when is the time for them actually to to have a break and, you know, really interact with you through your podcast. And that's what I really just did. I just I went to ask the question and the overall response that I got back was the first. And I thought, why not? Let's just try it out. And it worked ever since. Yeah. And that's smart to survey your audience. I didn't do that. I was just like, it's like a good day. And then it went with it, but that, that's a, that's a good way to kind of figure out the best day. So kind of let's dive into what's working best. So what is working best in your podcast right now? Um, doesn't need to be anything super huge, but just something you find is working good for you or your guests or your listeners or whatever it might be. Oh gosh. Um, I think when I started with my podcast, I mean, I, I made so many mistake, mistakes, which I will talk about later on. But when I started with my podcast, the one thing that I kind of found that was really good that I kept on working on was just having a kind of an outline in order to work through my podcast. So I start with obviously a hook. Then I start by storytelling. Then I start by teaching the audience and then conclusion and then a call to action. So it's just five little steps, but I've been using that over and over again. But then I also didn't just use that in my podcast. I started using that on my blog and any other kind of content that I'm putting out there. But that kind of format really, really helped me. And it's still helping me as of today in order to make sure that I've got a good way of getting or resonating with the audience so they can obviously get the information and use it. Totally. And I think, I think having a format is important, especially as new podcasters, because people are like, wait, what do I do? Like, I'm scared to just get on the mic. I don't want it to be awkward and things like that. So I think that is a good way to help, um, have a little bit more structure, but also have, you know, you know, be teaching and educational and make sure that you're staying on track. So that is awesome. So now let's go to the other side of things. So what is a failure, if any, like you said, you've had some, so, and what did you learn from them? Oh my goodness. Yes. So many failures, but you know what? I can honestly say, I'm so glad I made each and every one of them because they all taught me such valuable lessons. I think the biggest failure or the biggest mistake I made, so to speak, was when I started podcasting, I thought I'm just going to do it. I'm going to see how it goes, see if I like it. And I just went and I just did it, which is great because, you know, that's taking action. You just want to go for it rather than waiting for things to be perfect. But the biggest mistake I did make was not batching. I was so inconsistent in releasing my podcast episodes. I didn't know what I needed to talk about. Oh my goodness. And it just really had me on the back foot every Thursday. So the first couple of episodes that came out was really a mix and match. I skipped a couple of weeks and then I had something coming out, skipped a couple of weeks, then I had something coming out. And I knew it was the worst thing I could do for my audience because there was no consistency for it. Um, and then obviously they didn't know, are they getting an episode? Are they not getting an episode? So I was very, very bad at that. But then I fairly quickly realized what my mistake was. Um, thanks to Amy Porterfield talking about batching again. 
And, um, and then after that, I really started implementing batching, making sure that my podcasts are done way ahead of schedule. They are ready to be published way ahead of schedule. And it was the best thing I have ever done because now I absolutely love doing every single episode, knowing that I don't have that stress hanging over me all the time, thinking that I've got to get something out before Thursday. Right. I agree 150%. I am actually in a batch week right now as we're recording this. So I'm recording, I think I want to say 10 episodes this week. Um, I try to do like maybe two or three of these a year with guests and then I'm done. Um, I don't batch my solo episodes just because I feel like that's a little (laughs) harder, but guest episodes are super easy to batch for me. So I think it's super important and it just really helps you stay consistent because consistency is key with the podcast or basically anything you're doing. So um, batching just helps you get stuff out on time without having to worry about it. So yeah, love that. And I think that's something everyone needs to learn because even people who come to me now, like clients who didn't start their podcast with me, but now we're doing podcast management together. They don't even have that set up. They just record like once a week or something. I'm like, no, 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 we can't do that. <laughs> like you're going to run out of episodes and it's going to be stressful for me. It's going to be stressful for you. Like pick a day or two days or three days or even a week like I do. And you know, schedule with all your guests then, and then we'll have episodes for quite a long time. And then we'll set your next batch week and so on and so forth. And then they're they're such a revolutionary idea to them. They're like, Oh wow. Yeah, I I guess I could do that. Yeah. (laughs) And no, it definitely works honestly. And it's, and it's a huge amount of stress from your shoulders gone. It is like day and night difference. Totally a hundred percent. Yeah. So batching, if you guys aren't doing it yet, please start. Um, so now let's kind of dive into some more questions kind of about listenership. So where do you find that you're getting your listeners from currently? I know it's hard to see other than seeing, Oh, they're coming from Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. But where do you feel like those people are actually finding you from like social media, your email list or what? Yes. Oh gosh. So obviously when I started, the first thing I did was use my email list and um, just obviously reached out to them, used a little bit of social media as well, putting it out there. I've got a podcast, people can listen into it. But the biggest turn turning point for me was when I really zoned in on Pinterest and now I've got a fantastic Pinterest strategy that I'm using to get organic traffic to my website and to my podcast. And that has taken everything by storm. So now so much so the tables have turned where the majority of my audience are coming through Pinterest. Um, And I'm only on Spotify and on iTunes. Um, Yes, maybe I can go and get myself on some more platforms. But at the moment, the majority of those people are coming through either Spotify or iTunes, um, but they've been referred by Pinterest. So that strategy has been a game changer for me, um, getting new customers and listeners in particular. Yes. So I love Pinterest. I am actually a former Pinterest strategist, as a lot of people know, before I made the switch to podcast management. So I love to intertwine the two as well. And a lot of my clients come to me and they don't use Pinterest at all. I'm like, oh my gosh, we can add this into your strategy. Like let's get going with a few episodes and then we can do that. And I love that. And that funny enough, you're the first person who said that. I mean, other than myself, um, that Pinterest brings in a lot of traffic um, a lot of people, cause a lot of people don't use it yet for that. And yeah, you know, funny. <laughs> I, think, I think it's really, it's really a great tool. Um, and yeah, I think it just is really helpful. So I, I have a, I have a question for you. So, um, 
with Pinterest, I found personally, whenever I use like episode looking graphics, like it looks like a podcast episode, the click through isn't as high as if it looks more like a blog post and doesn't say like episode 50 or whatever. Um, what is your take on that? Like, are you seeing different um, conversions than me? Because I feel like with all the people that I've tried um, for myself and my other podcasts and other people, it seems like the ones that look like blog posts do better, which is fine. Um, I just use more of those, but I don't know, for some reason, the people that I work with and myself, uh, the people who are looking at our stuff are not loving the the podcast look at pens. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you 100%. In the beginning, I the pens that I put out was all about the podcast, you know, talking about the podcast title, little image of whom I'm interviewing. Um, and then, yeah, it had some traffic, but not the amazing traffic that I thought it would have. So obviously changing the pens, um, you know, having more pens for, for one episode, going out there and just having a plain graphic without making it look like it is a podcast. It is funny, but it is so true what you're saying. I had the exact same experience where just I had a floodgate of people coming to me and then they go, oh, it's a blog post. No, actually, it's a podcast. But then they go through the podcast because it kind of like makes it a bit easier for them to listen rather than to sit and read through a blog. Um, so I've had exactly the same experience that, that you've had. And, and it's funny that you're mentioning that because, yeah, I've noted it quite some time ago and it's really strange. Right. Cause once you get them there, then they're fine, but like, they don't want to click through on those as much because yeah. they're, I don't know, I guess they're just accustomed to looking at a blog post or something and they get there and they're like, Oh, this is awesome. Actually awesome. But for some reason, those graphics just don't convert when it says like the episode or has like the guest face on it, or even your face, honestly, like the ones that literally have a pretty image and say like mm -hmm. how to do X, Y, Z do 20 million times better than ones that have my face and a guest face and the title name and the episode number and all that stuff. So yeah. it's super funny. Um, and I'm glad I'm not the only one who's experienced <laughs> No, I'm glad you brought it up because then it makes me feel like, oh gosh, okay, I can compare and I know I'm not the only one either. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that's great that you're getting a lot of listeners from Pinterest. That is a great way to expand your audience. Um, but how do you go about in taking those listeners into clients or customers? So how are you making those people join your audience, whether it's following you on social media or um, joining your email list or even like working with you further on a deeper level? Yeah. So it depends obviously on the kind of audience that comes to that, that, podcast episode as an example, but because they are published on my website, I very, I make it very clear um, at the top of my header on my website, I always have a freebie available with a picture and um, that obviously leads to an opt-in page so they can join my email list. But apart from just having the podcast episode, obviously on my show notes, between my show notes, I always have a little breakdown where I talk about something that I'm giving away for free. Um, and that could be a, a guide or another, you know, a video training or anything like that. And I make sure that I publish it in between on my show notes so they can go and sign up there for free again, getting added to my email list. Then from there, I have another strategy where obviously I work through my email list and I start building that relationship with whoever opted in so I can take them through the next steps and obviously help them with whatever they need help with. But as I'm a strategic business coach, the one thing I love to do is obviously just chat to people and just talking to them and interacting with them. So one of the things that I always do at the bottom of my show notes is I have my Calendly calendar just you know linked in there and 
people can automatically just by one click, just decide to have a free coaching call with me. And it's so, so easy to do. So obviously, once I have a free coaching call, I can then talk to them, verify if they could be the kind of clients that I want to work with. And then from there, I'll take them on to the next steps. And if it's a mutual agreement, they'll come become my clients um, that I coach. Right. And I think that's important to give people ways to work with you, whether that is a free coaching call or you know getting on your email list. Because with podcasting, there's not really a way for them to communicate with you other than listening to your show unless you give them those options to exactly. follow you on social media or join your email list or book a free call with you. Because they don't, I mean, not everyone's going to know or you know, take those steps unless you direct them to do that. So I think that's really important to continue building that community because a podcast is a great way to be a warming hut for potential clients and customers. But so many people just forget about that part and they just continue giving away all this free information, but not telling the person how they can work with them further, which is such a detriment to them. Yes, which is why the call to action at the end of my podcast, that format that I used earlier that I spoke about earlier on, that call to action at the end is not just me verbally saying it on the podcast, but I physically put it on my um, on my show notes as well. So people can listen to it. And when they're on the show notes, they can go, oh, yes, of course, you mentioned that. So let me, you know, either book a free coaching call or sign up for the free um, the freebie that, that that's available. So either way, there is always a call to action available for them. Yeah, I think that's super important. And I always have a call to action, whether it's to, you know, join my email list or join, I, it's usually my free Facebook or go over there because I can better communicate with them there than I can on my podcast because we can have a two-way conversation instead of me just talking at them. So I think it's really important to have something, whether it's your email list, your Facebook group, a free coaching call or whatever you want to do. But I just think having that call to action is just necessary. Otherwise you're wasting time your own time because you're not, you're not using your podcast strategically. And that's kind of what I teach is to use your podcast strategically instead of just as a free content stream. Cause the free con- content is great, but it's not going to convert people to clients and customers if you're not strategic about it. So exactly. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to those listeners, how do you keep them coming back for more? So how do you retain that listenership and make sure that every single week people are tuning in and not just listening to one or two episodes and then piecing out? Well, I think the first thing is obviously to be consistent and let your audience or your listeners know that you are having an episode coming out, you know, as an example, every Thursday. But apart from just being consistent, um, it is about the content that I'm giving out. I'm not just getting anybody onto the podcast. I'm not just interviewing anybody on my podcast. I want to make sure that the experts I'm getting on, number one, they are you know, well-established. They're experts in their own niche or industry, and they've got valuable information or content that they can share with the audience. So what I find, if I, I actually, um, last year, I did a little, how can I say, a little survey with my audience to find out uh, you know, do they come back and how often do they come back? Do they enjoy the content? So the, the, the kind of like feedback that I got back from this little survey actually was astounding. I didn't realize it, but my, my listeners are coming back constantly because the one thing they are getting is a lot of information. Now, I know so many other people would go, yes, but you're just giving a lot of information away. But the idea is because my listeners are now getting so much great content from me, they are coming back on a constant basis, which is kind of establishing and building my relationship with them because they know that I am not just there to really try and force or trying to sell them something, but I'm there in order to help them by giving this information. And hopefully, as with the law of attraction, those kind of listeners will then come back to me and say, listen, we would like to work more with you. What is the next step? 
Um, so at the end of the day, I think in order to retain or making sure those listeners are coming back, my first thing is just to be consistent and make sure that the content you are giving them is of help to them. So they can obviously keep coming back and listening to what else you have to offer. A hundred percent. Yeah. Consistency is key as in, as it is with everything, like I said before, and then, yeah, just giving people what they want, making sure that you're not just putting out content that you want to put out, but that they, it's something they enjoy too. So putting out a survey is a really good idea. Obviously you don't want to do that too often, but maybe like once a year or something, just seeing like what people's most favorite episodes were, or even using your analytics as well to see yes. what was the most downloaded and then going off of that and saying, Oh, they really like this episode about Facebook ads from this person. Maybe I'll do a deeper one on Facebook ads with another person or something like that. Exactly. Um, so that you're giving your audience what they want. Um, so what's one piece of advice that you have for anyone who's looking to start their own podcast, but they don't know where to even begin? Oh my goodness. Just begin. <laughs> I think that is just the only thing. If you don't know where to begin, um, the, the thing is, is to look at somebody who already has a podcast, somebody who's already well-established. Like I said, I used Amy Porterfield as an example. When I started listening to her podcast, I was really intrigued. I was like, oh my goodness, how does she do it? How do you do podcasts? So I started, you know, YouTubing, um, you know, finding videos about how do you do podcasts? And then I started doing some reading and how do you do podcasts? And I was so scared, but I like, I just jumped in. I didn't even think twice about it. And that's where I just started flourishing with it and it just started building and growing from there on. Yes, I'm still in the beginning stages. I'm still only, I've only been over a year into my podcast, but at the same time, I've been learning so much and I've been able to go back and perfect things, but I didn't let fear really stop me and I didn't let the perfection really stop me. I just went for it. So for anybody who wants to start a podcast, just go and do it. Do your own little bit of research beforehand. Look at how um, Jenny has done her podcast um, and, you know, go and find anybody else who you're following and just, you know, kind of mimic them if you want in a way just to make a start. Yeah. And that is the piece of advice that I would give to Honestly, that is like, I mean, I am such a go and do it type of person. I don't let myself get hung up in the details. And I know a lot of people aren't like that. And they will literally research for hours and hours and hours and then get to the point where it's so overwhelming that they just don't do it. And I don't recommend that you do that because I think while it's important to know what you're doing, obviously you don't want to get too in the nitty gritty that yeah. it paralyzes you. So, um, yeah, just go ahead, do it, do a little research, follow someone that has an established podcast and then go from there versus trying to focus on 20 different people that have podcasts, just pick one, go for it. And yeah, just don't let it be the bottleneck of you starting because so many people <laughs> get hung up on the name or like picking their intro and outro music or whatever. They just get hung up on these tiny details that don't really matter. So it's just really important to just go for it. So yeah, I love that advice. And that's pretty much what I would have said too. <laughs> Um, and then lastly, what is your current favorite podcast? It's funny. Some podcasters say they don't really listen to podcasts that much now that they have their own, but I always have to ask this because, um, I am a podcast junkie. So I'm always curious. Oh, about listening to. Yes. I think my favorite one, the one I used to not used to, but I, I still do listen to Amy Porterfield's um, podcast quite a lot because she's got some great content, but I think my favorite at the moment since since possibly November last year, I've been listening a lot more to uh, James Wedmore, his Mind Your Business podcast. And it is 
fascinating. He's got some great, great stuff that he's sharing. Um, a lot about business, a lot about mindset, and he's got some great people on there as well that he's talking to, um, you know, some great influencers. So it's just really, really amazing. So yes, definitely James Wetmore, the Mind Your Business podcast. I'm a huge fan of his podcast too. It's like a great mix of mindset and business for sure. Yes. So yeah, totally great one for you guys to go check out. And then lastly, just let us know where we can find you. So your website, your podcast, all that good stuff. Yes, certainly. So uh, my website, henriettedanel.com um, and my podcast, just a little tab there, but the podcast is actually called the Entrepreneurial Success Podcast. So for anybody who wants to go and have a listen, by all means, it's right there available on my website. And it's of course available on Spotify and on iTunes. Yes, I will link everything in the show notes and I'll also link my episode on podcasting on Henriette's podcast as well, because that was a fun episode. So I will make sure to do that and everything will be linked in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Jenny. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode dash 139. Make sure to join the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. We'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community. See you in the next episode.